Hello and welcome back to another podcast episode of the Book Talk Corner. I'm your host Jennifer and today I will be sharing my opinions on everything that has to do with the novel Things We Never Got Over by Lucy Score. I would like to start off by saying a big hello to all the new listeners on here and sorry for not posting more regularly. Anyways, now that's out of the way, have you ever been to your local bookstore and seen a book with a pale baby blue cover with the daisies covered all over them? Well, if you haven't, you must be living under a rock because that is what we'll be talking about today. I'm sure you all want to dive straight in, so grab a blanket, your favorite cup of tea or even coffee and settle in for this episode. Before we delve into the details of this novel, let me quickly provide you with a recap of the plot of this novel. Things We Never Got Over is the first of this trilogy named Knockmount series, and it takes place in a small town called Knockmount in North Virginia. This book in particular focuses on Naomi Witt, who is a 30-year-old woman who has just snuck out of a bathroom window at a church in New York City and escaped her own wedding to a very wealthy businessman because she has just realized that was not what she wanted out of her life. As perfect timings go, Naomi wants to escape the life she has in the big city and so her twin sister, Tina, has called Naomi to ask her for help on a certain difficult situation. And while she is meeting up with her sister that she hasn't had contact in a while, Tina robs and steals everything she can get her hands on that belongs to Naomi and has left in her wake of destruction her 11-year-old daughter, Waylay. Naomi and Waylay immediately bond and Naomi wants to become her legal guardian. The other main character, Knox Morgan, who is a single hunk of a man who owns multiple properties in this small town, including a hair salon and a local dive bar. He first meets Naomi at a cafe and he mistakes her for her twin sister, Tina. As she proves that they are two completely different people, Naomi's life blows up in front of her face. Knox offers his assistance to find her a place to stay and gives her a job at his bar. As Naomi and Knox get closer, they start pursuing a relationship. And while all this is happening, Naomi is trying her best to be a great example to Waylay and sorting out her brand new life in Knockmouth, including having her parents being around all the time and finding new friends to help her navigate her new life. Things We Never Got Over is, like I said, the first of its trilogy. It is a contemporary romance novel with tropes like grumpy sunshine, small town romance, and forced proximity. Things We Never Got Over is written by Lucy Score. Lucy Score is an American romance author who became an instant number one New York Times bestselling author. Lucy Score resides in Pennsylvania with her husband and cat. She also graduated with a degree in journalism and has acquired other titles like Wall Street Journal, USA Today and Amazon's number one best-selling author. Lucy Score grew up in a literary family, which explains why she is able to write heartbreaking heroes and kick-ass heroines in her romance novels. Lucy Score has written other novels previously like Maggie Moves On, By a Thread and the Riley Thorne series, just to name a few. 
Lucy Score started her career back in 2015 and has written some amazing novels and sits with the likes of my favourite authors like Anna Huang and Lauren Asher. Alright, I want to start this review with a little rant. I really wanted to like this book. I always say that. However, despite every opportunity I tried giving this book, it just didn't provide what I was hoping this book would give. To be completely honest, I only have one word to sum this book up, and the word would be underwhelming. I want to also clear up that before reading this book, I had never heard of Lucy Score, the author. All the hype I have heard was for this book and this book alone. I didn't really research anything about this book, which is very unlike me. I always want to give myself some warning about what I might expect when starting a new novel, like the tropes in the novel and what triggers might make me want to not read the novel. Like if I'm not in the right headspace and most importantly, if I will find any enjoyment from reading this certain book, like if I'm in the mood for a trope-filled novel. I find it kind of funny that I didn't look into any of that and my TikTok algorithm still suggested this book to me on multiple occasions. So to say I was their target audience probably would be right. I'm going to kind of begin with Naomi Witt. She is the main heroine of this entire novel. I see the beginning of a great main character, but my god, there are just some qualities about her that just didn't sit right with me. It's funny to say this now, but I kind of saw a lot of myself in Naomi, and yet I'm here saying that she isn't perfect. I see the irony of this whole situation. I think Naomi is a bit too much of a people pleaser and when someone doesn't instantly fall in love with her and her personality, she immediately thinks it's something to do with her and she tries so hard to make them like her that it just becomes a game of how to make people like me, which after a while becomes repetitive and kind of boring to keep reading. Naomi thinks too much about others' opinions of her in the novel. They give us a backstory of why Naomi is this way, but this mentality just seeped its way into her adult life and it has affected every part of her life, including who she thinks she should marry because she thought she was happy. Hence why she literally had to crawl her way out of getting married, leading her to the situation she finds herself in in Knockmount. Or how her parents had envisioned what her life should be like, what job she should have, and what her life should have looked like by the time she was 30. This obviously had to do with how she was a twin and her twin turned out to constantly be a huge disappointment to her to their parents and so Naomi took it upon herself to be the complete opposite of her twin and keep pleasing people so they would stay in her life. I get it, we all had that exact conversation at some point in our lifetime where our parents would ask us what we wanted to be when we grow up and then getting to a certain age in your early 20s when society tells you you must have a certain job, achieved a certain dream or become financially stable and have multiple properties. That's not how life is and Naomi lost focus on that aspect of her life which made her seem really immature for her age that she is, which is 30. 
I don't know if immature is the right word to use in this context, but I mean, she's still a 30-year-old woman still trying to live up to the expectations of her parents. Grow up and start living life for you. Naomi comes across as too much of a goody two-shoes, always doing what's expected of her when they are expected of her. The woman has no bite to her, meaning unless you are attacking her loved ones, she doesn't know how to stand and fight for herself. I mean, just take when Tina broke into her house and stole her things to commit a crime and Naomi still forgives her and gives Tina the benefit of the doubt, even though she knew Tina would be capable of committing such a crime. I mean, Jesus Christ, Naomi, wake up and realize that Tina isn't good for you. I know she's family and all, but that doesn't give her the right to trample all over you. I also didn't like how Naomi was that it girl. You know what I'm talking about. The girl that knows they are really pretty and could get anything they wanted from a man in an instant. And Naomi is that character. I partially hate it because... I know I will never be that girl and therefore I can't relate to her experience but also because she doesn't have to do anything and she gets things handed to her. In this example, it's both the Morgan brothers physically fighting over Naomi so they could call dibs on her. She didn't even have to do anything and men are brawling with each other to date her but in saying all of this, I would have liked to see Naomi becoming more settled in her new home at Knockmount and know who she is and what she stands for by the end of the novel. But that moment just never came around. And so I was left feeling like she had a great adventure, but she didn't grow as a character. The very last thing I want to touch on with Naomi Witt is that she was that character making coffee her entire personality. It was giving Rory from Gilmore Girl vibes. If you guys have ever watched Gilmore Girls, then you know exactly what I am talking about. I'm going to assume the majority of you have watched it as the TV series itself is aimed at the same demographic as people who listen to podcasts and read romance novels, myself included. You can't tell me that Naomi Witt didn't remind you of Lorelai Gilmore because in my mind, they were one of the same people. Lucy Score essentially rewrote Lorelai Gilmore's personality but changed her name to Naomi. I would not be surprised if Lucy Score took inspiration from Gilmore Girls, the series, to write this novel. But anyways, I've seen this before and honestly, it worked great in the Gilmore Girls TV series because Lorelai had the guts and she had the attitude to make coffee her personality. But Naomi just doesn't pull it off and it just lacks something to be desired. Now to Knox Morgan, the lead male character in this entire novel. He was something else and I wish I meant that in the best way possible, but alas, I do not. I get it. He is supposed to be the grumpy in this grumpy sunshine trope book. And I love my grumpy sunshine trope books. But Knox completely missed the mark on this one. The balance in which Knox was written as a character was completely off. He didn't come off as grumpy, but more of a complete jerk. And may I also say, an a-hole. 
I find in most novels with grumpy sunshine tropes, the perfect contrast between the two romantic leads is a quite is quite hard to achieve. But if the author gets the contrast just right and puts the two characters in situations and scenarios where they can develop and grow on those personalities, it can make the book a really nice read. Lucy's score, however, has not achieved these feats in this particular novel. I know Lucy's score has written other novels before this one, and maybe in one of those particular previous novels, she has gotten the balance just right, but for this one, unfortunately, Knox wasn't it. He just didn't fit the trait of grumpy. Knox's attitude was straight up rude and he was really verbally abusive to most of the people he met. He was angry and mean and very manipulative. His behaviour towards most of the characters was off-putting. His character as a whole gave me the ick. That's right, I said it. When I put this into the context of this man who was raised by his grandmother because his mother died when he was young and his father was so overwhelmed with the loss of his life partner and could not take care of his his sons, you would think that would be enough for him to change and want to become a better person. But this 40-something-year-old man, obviously still bitter about his family's life choices, can't seem to have a basic understanding of how to let major life issues go. I get it, life is tough, but he is still acting like he is 18 years old. Every time he and his brother want the same thing, they have to physically fight it out instead of talking like normal, mature adults. He gives Naomi hope that they can be in a relationship by taking her out on lunch dates, protecting her when her ex comes into town unannounced and becomes somewhat of a father figure almost to waylay by giving her useful advice and supporting her at her football games. But when things start to become serious, he runs away and shuts her down, saying he can never be in a relationship because of the way things ended with his parents. Like at what point should Knox really see a therapist? Because that is not healthy. Knox leads Naomi on time and time again, but doesn't do anything about it, doesn't see a future with her and keeps her at arm's length. What a jerk. He also is very stone cold to most of the people in town. Just a reminder, he grew up in this town and most of the people know him very well. So why is he so cold and stony to most of them? He also tends to throw money at his problems he usually doesn't want to deal with, and the most prominent example is his brother. One of the key plot lines in this novel is that Knox won the lottery when he was younger, and so he wanted to do something nice for his brother and wrote him a big fat check to set him up for life. But Nash never accepted the check, and so Knox helped Nash's career out instead by taking that money and giving it to the police station for refurbishment. I get his family, and you want to share your wealth, but there has to be another way to go about this. In my eyes, the only redeeming factor of Knox is the single speech he gave Waylay when he found out what Tina did to Waylay as a child. 
that was by far the only good thing he genuinely contributed to this novel. Since I have already started to mention Waylay, I think she was a real MVP of this entire novel. Without her, I feel like I would have been really disappointed in this book. Not to say I'm not already very disappointed. She acted her age. If not, I would probably go out on a limb and say more mature for her age. She overcame the struggles and adversity she faced at such a young age as well. She never let what her mother put her through stop her from doing the things she loved and had the drive and passion for coding and football. It's really sad to think that Waylay was more of an established character compared to the two protagonists. I would have loved for the book to have explored more about Waylay's past with her mother, Tina, and how that had impacted her self-esteem issues she has now. I believe it would have been interesting to read and what a missed opportunity. I really also hated how Lucy Score made the quote-unquote villain, I guess you, you could say, Tina and her boyfriend. I mean, why it made no sense and honestly didn't add anything. Nothing was really on the line for Naomi or Knox to lose. I... It didn't progress their relationship further because there was no relationship to pursue. I also did not see why this book had to be so long. It really did drag on forever. I know that trope-filled books are amazing, but maybe try focusing on doing one trope and doing it right before adding another four tropes to the mix. This book came in at around about 560 pages. I want to see the shortened version, if possible, please. Most of the book, I felt, was filler subplot that really didn't add anything to the main plot. And I have no idea what the main plot of the novel was anymore by the end of the story. I was so lost in the 560 pages that I had to read. Because I felt like every time I read a new chapter, it would always be about Naomi and Knox just having sex anywhere and everywhere. This is also surprising because the tension between these two was always sexual and nothing else and the tension was always very short-lived and so it wasn't as satisfying. Anyways back to my point I don't think this book should have been half as long as it was and for this book to be 560 pages long and not wrap Naomi and Knox's story up was rather disappointing. I also think it was due to the fact that this story continues into the next book, Things We Hide From The Light. I have yet to read this book, but the reception I had from this current book, Things We Never Got Over, I don't really want to continue reading onto another book from this series unless the next book was half the number of pages. If you haven't already guessed, my enjoyment of this book was very low. I usually hate to DNF books, but again, I think this book should have been one of those books to DNF. I was just not entertained with the writing style of this book and the characters were just bland. They were very beige. The problems both Naomi and Knox faced in this book weren't anything difficult or hard-hitting and because of that, the main plotline of the novel was sort of lost between the pages of all the sex scenes written. 
Lucy Score has written multiple different types of novels before publishing this one. And if I were you, maybe check out her other novels instead of this one. As Things We Never Got Over comes in at a whopping 560 page of just trope-filled scenarios played with the same characters, there really isn't anything special about this book. The concept of writing a novel with many tropes is not a new one, but the execution of how this one is written was subpar. There are definitely more novels out there that could produce the same concept of overloading the novel with tropes but do it in a tasteful manner. I found that if Lucy Score just stuck to one or two tropes, I would be writing a very different review of this novel. Personally, I'm very underwhelmed and disappointed with the novel because I love the grumpy sunshine trope and this book was definitely overhyped on book talk. Would I recommend you read it? No, there are other books out there that aren't as long in pages and do a better job in terms of the plot line and also the writing style. Overall, I would have to give Things We Never Got Over by Lucy Score sadly a one out of five stars. I know that is a really low score, but when you take everything into consideration, I think giving this book a one is very justifiable. I feel like this book was just a surface level book and it really didn't touch on anything serious. It was one of those books where you could sit down and mindlessly read for hours, but the thing is, for 560 pages long, it would have taken you at least eight hours to finish this book, at least. All right, that just about wraps up today's episode. I really did not hold back on my opinions of this novel. I can also say I don't feel particularly excited to read the next one in this trilogy. I just hope that it somehow gets a lot better and quickly as well. And just remember that this is just my personal opinion on this novel. So if you don't agree with what I've just said, you are absolutely entitled to your own opinion. And let me know what you think as well. Why do you think it's a great book? If you haven't already, follow me on TikTok if you want more content at the Book Talk Corner podcast. And if you could also follow me on any audio platform you are currently listening to, that would also be greatly appreciated as well. Thank you all so much for listening and I will meet you guys back here next Monday for another podcast. Bye. Bye.